Blog Talk Radio. And I just said to him, I am what I am. It seems like Papa. Oh, hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly. <laughs> is that all you are? FederalBaseball.com. <laughs> this is Patrick Craven from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball and Dog House from Federal Baseball on the line after the Nationals 7-4 win over Cleveland Indians. They earned a split of the two-game set in the nation's capital. Dave, will start with the lefty on the mound, Gio Gonzalez. Since July 5th, 3-2, and 2-4-3 ERA, five earned runs allowed in his last four starts, a 1-7-8 ERA, over 25 and a third innings pitched over that stretch, 5-0 and with a 1-0-7 ERA versus Cleveland in his career, though, of course, career stats don't really mean anything, and six of his eight starts were between 2009 and 2011 against the Indians, but... I'm noting them anyway. Two out single, a double in the second, uh, ties it up at one. Uh, fastball up to Francisco Lindor in the third. Two-run bomb to left, lands in the bullpen. Back-to-back doubles, ties it up at four. The Nationals give him a 7-4 lead to work with. He gives up a walk and a single before he's done and able to blow that lead, too. Uh, I was mean in my notes to Gio Gonzalez, but not a particularly sharp day today by Gio Gonzalez. Uh, he gets through. Five innings, seven hits, four earned runs, five Ks. Kept on giving the leads back, but gets out of there with a meaningless eighth eight win of the season. <laughs> yeah, Gio played stopper there for a couple times through the rotation, but today it was back to scattershot Gio. And, and i got to ask you, um, you know, didn't it seem like he'd walked several before he actually walked the guy to lead off the sixth inning? It was it was kind of remarkable there that he was giving up base runners in every inning and giving away giving away leads like they were Girl Scout cookies, but um, but he actually only walked one, even though he didn't seem to have uh, very good control over anything that he was doing today. Um, you mentioned the, the the pitch he got up to Lindor; just about everything was up. Uh, the curveball was was not sharp. Um, his his control was okay, meaning he was throwing strikes, but the command was not, meaning it was he wasn't putting them where he wanted them. Uh, gave up an awful lot of contact, and just in general was mediocre. Um, he he <laughs> barely was able to keep the Nats in the game. Um, like you said, he gave up two two runners there without an out in the top of the sixth, putting the tying run on base yet again, uh, even as as he'd given up the two leads earlier in the game. So um, that was uh, all the more than enough that Dusty Baker had to see to go get him. Uh, I'm not really sure why it took him the extra batter after the leadoff walk to get him since he was at 100 pitches already, but um, it got him out before any more damage was done. And, um, and thank God for Matt Belial. <laughs> okay, that leads into my next question, which is going to be, do you think Dusty Baker made the right call there after the, they take a 7-4 lead? He walks to Mike Napoli, gives up a single by Jose Ramirez. Dusty Baker goes to the pen at that point. Matt Belisle comes on, gets a double play out of Ronnie Chisholm and gets a ground out from Abraham Almonte to end that frame. Uh, Dusty Baker obviously got got there right at the right time, got Gio out of there, and Matt Belisle, uh, not exactly the flashiest pitcher out there, but he goes out there and is pretty effective again, lowers his ERA to one eight four on the year. Well, I mean, Matt Belisle is basically discount Jonathan Papelbon, if you want to think of it that way. Uh, <laughs> About the same level of stuff, not the pedigree, but you're, you're paying a league minimum instead of $11 million or whatever it is. It's probably not league minimum, but it's not $11 million either. Uh, I, I Honestly, if I'm Dusty, I think I'd go out and get Geo after the leadoff walk. Okay, fine. He lets him put on one more base runner. gives him a chance to get the double play because he, he had been getting some ground balls, although 
gosh, he was giving up some really solid contact earlier in the game. So I, I, I think uh, myself, I would have been a little nervous. Give him a chance to, to come out and start the inning. But, yeah, yeah, got him uh, certainly none too soon there. And uh, it, was, it was nice to see Belial come through, strand the runners, and, and earn himself a shutdown there. I haven't checked the, the WPA uh, to, to make sure, but I'm pretty sure that that's going to be a shutdown there. So good on uh, good on Belial for uh, saving Gio from his own tendency to be a sporting gentleman today. <laughs> Dave, we'll stick with the pitching for a minute before we get to the Nats offense. Uh, Dusty Baker doing a lot of mixing and matching out there. Blake trying to get two outs in the seventh. Oliver Perez comes on. A little bit of a uh, interesting little section there when he was warming up. Had felt something looked like he felt something pull in his back. They had the trainer, uh, Mike Maddox, pitching coach, and Baker out there to mound check on him. He threw a few pitches and ended up staying in there, but gave up a hit. Sean Kelly then comes on and gets the last out, so they have to use three relievers there. Uh, Sean Kelly comes back out for the eighth with a strong inning there to lock it up, but what do you think about Dusty Baker kind of mixing and matching and doing what we've been asking managers to do for a couple of years now and going with the you know the matchups rather than the roles so far? You're only asking me about pitching so that you can ask Doghouse about Jason Wolf again. I know that's all you're doing here. It's <laughs> transparent. That way. By coincidence alone. Yeah, you know, they got the job done today. It wasn't entirely pretty. A, a training and, and Oliver Perez both allow uh, base runners. You mentioned the, um, the the single that Perez gave up off his leg and couldn't get the out at first. But uh, seventh inning, Sean Kelly comes in and, and gets the lazy fly ball from Lindor and then uh, um, cruises through the eighth and hands it off to, um, you know, uh, trademark proven closer Mark Melanson. And, um, and that's all she wrote. I mean, it was – Four innings of shutout baseball from from the bullpen. Uh, it didn't it, it didn't start off you know with the, with the complete uh, uh, confidence. I, I think anytime, and regardless of what the numbers look like, anytime uh, Blake Trinan comes in, I think Nats fans are still <laughs> doing their reflexive clench. But um, he gives up a base runner. Perez gives up a base runner. But um, but but Sean Kelly, you know, like I said, gets the uh, gets out of the, the seventh and then. Uh, and then breezes through the eighth inning, but but really uh, today's superstar, as Doghouse mentioned, is going to be um, is going to be Matt Belial with the, with the job he did to, to weasel out of the sixth for for Gio. Got that ground ball just what he needed, and Doghouse. That means we're going to ask you about Mark Melanson. Came on in the ninth inning, <laughs> three three run lead, another save opportunity for him, a stress free outing, twelve pitches, seven strikes, gets a ground ball out. Uh, gets one strikeout, 30-second save on the year, one three five ERA when he was done. Uh, these stress-free ninth innings, uh, FP Santangelo was joking about it on the, on the broadcast, that it's now boring all of a sudden. But I think most national fans will take boring out of the adventure that uh, Jonathan Papelbon was uh, before Melanson was acquired. Yeah, I'd kind of forgotten what it was like to have uh, a high-quality, lights-out closer like that. Uh, I'll, I'll take the boring ninth. Any day, believe you me. Uh, we had more than enough excitement in the early and middle innings there when when Gio was was determined to level the playing field or, or, or something. Uh, Melanson came out and got the job done. Got uh, manageable contact. Got some strikeouts. Uh, a couple of really looking swing and misses. Uh, so far, I gotta say, Rizzo points ahead on this. Um, he seems like. Uh, both uh, an addition in absolute turns to the Nationals' bullpen 
and in addition by subtraction by providing the necessary political pretense to uh, have Papelbon be the fifth inning Rugi. Dave on the mound for the Indians. Josh Tomlin uh, pitching on four days rest. Lost three of his last five after losing just one of his first 15 starts this season. Six and two, three, four, four ERA on the road in 2016. Just 16 walks to 519 batters this season. That's 1.15 walks per nine, second lowest in the majors, behind only Kershaw, I believe. Uh, down one nothing early. Worst double, two out RBI single by Ramos uh, in the first. Worth with a three-run home run in the second. His second home run in two days, four to one at that point. Uh, Turner double, a rare walk to Worth, and then a Murphy double on a ball that probably should have been caught out there in right field, five to four at that point. That was it for him on the day. Uh, I got to switch over to my Indians thing. Hold on a second. Four innings, eight hits, seven runs, one walk, four Ks. He ended up throwing 77 pitches in just four innings. Takes the loss again. Uh, the Nationals really got to him towards the end there. Uh, surprised that he ends up giving up a walk that hurt him, but when I put that down in my notes, I pretty much expect that he's going to do that later in the game at some point. Right. You know, anytime you're second on the list only to Clayton Kershaw, you're doing something right, and uh, Tomlin's put put himself together a pretty decent season. He's a guy that's bounced around, uh, you know, between uh, starting, bullpen, majors, minors, um, and finally putting some, some things together, just like uh, yesterday's starting pitcher, Trevor Bauer, and there's, you know, there's really no uh, no confusing why the Indians are, are finding them in first place in the in the AL Central. They're, they're finally uh, some of their uh, pitching is starting to pan out for them. But um, Timlin, the Tomlin, I should say, um, not particularly effective today. You mentioned the walk. Uh, you mentioned the home run. Um, Jason Moore showing off his old man strength there, and uh, you know, and, and then and then Anthony Rendon coming through. Um, later with the, with the big blow there in, in the fifth inning. So, um, and that's uh, uh, got the offense on the board again today. Um, it, it, it's something that, that, as we mentioned yesterday, uh, when, when it, it seems like if the stars, and the stars I mean by uh, Daniel Murphy and Wilson Ramos, aren't producing, the Nats are going to have trouble scoring runs. Well, today they proved me wrong. Uh, Ramos and Murphy both have a single hit, but um, but today it was an old man Jason Worth and Anthony Rendon really coming through for him. Speaking of old man Jason Worth, doghouse, today's OBP KMA, KMA update. Uh, he's up to a 40-game on-base streak, 35 hits, 29 walks after a double in the first. That's the one I was thinking Al Monte should have caught. Uh, the one by Murphy was off the top of the wall, a little bit tougher uh, play there, but I think he probably should have caught both of them. But anyway... Uh, two uh, two out, three run home run, and the second for uh, Worth. A little less impressive, I noted, because uh, Tomlin has given up 27 home runs so far this season. That was the 27th at least, but big day at the plate for Jason Worth. Two for three, three run scores, three RBIs. Picks a walk in there as well, along with a strikeout. Uh, Rendon, two for four, as Dave mentioned. Revere, two for four, a nice multi-hit day for him. Uh, the whole, I think everyone in the lineup got a hit if I'm looking at it correctly. At one for four, Turner, Murphy, but it was really Jason Worth coming up big again today. Second home run in two days and keeps the day streak going. Look, it's not a record. It means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and also, let's, Dave, let, let me thank you for, for giving uh, particularly well-thought-out responses to the previous two questions. I was able to buy both a six-pack of beer and a slice of pepperoni pizza while you were talking. <laughs> Um, nice. 
Worth put it together, and I got to say, you're rising to me levels of ungenerousness by saying his home run was less impressive. Uh, <laughs> even if he's lighting up a guy who's looking a lot like a right-handed John Lennon, except maybe a little bit more effective, he's still getting it over the wall. And that ball was clobbered. I mean, you could see it off the bat that that was gone. So we'll, we'll give old man Worth some credit here. Uh, he, he came through with the bat today. Uh, a lot of people were coming through with the bat today, but he certainly did too. And he didn't embarrass himself out in the field today. So, uh, thumbs up for KMA today. <laughs> Dave, uh, one last note here, unless you want to talk about Bryce Harper again. Basically, wasn't in the lineup. Dusty Baker said it's not worse than he's been telling us, even though <laughs> the fact that he had to say that probably means that a few people in the room with him for the pregame meeting weren't so sure about that. But I'll go with Brian Goodwin as the last one for the end. Uh, 0 for 3 to start the game, but he comes through with his first major league hit in the fourth, 1 for 4 on the day. Uh, strikeout, he looked kind of bad on his first at bat, but he spit on that uh, cutter that he struck out on the second time up and ended up lining out the first. A really well hit ball there, barreled a few up, and finally got his first major league hit there. So, congrats to Brian Goodwin and your thoughts on his first major league start. Yeah, he um he had a chance to to have a, a really uh, nice day. Um came up with two on there in the second inning and um you know, like you said, uh, kind of got fooled a little bit, but uh but yeah, anytime a guy can get his first major league hit, uh that's cause for celebration. I mean, this is a guy um who was a a fir- former first round pick, uh heralded prospect, uh, was on a bunch of people's top 100 prospects list. Um had a bad year, got hurt, um struggled after getting hurt. Uh, finally this year we started to put things together in the minors again. And um, pretty much because the Nats needed a player and he was on the 40-man, uh, got called up. And, um, again, you don't want to belittle anybody's major league debut and certainly not his first major league hit. So congratulations to Brian Goodwin. It took him a long time to get here. Um, it, took a, it was a winding road for him, but he was finally able to uh, come through with his first big league hit. 67 and 46 on the year, six and four on their last ten. Seven and a half over Miami, nine and a half over the Mets in the NL East. A day off tomorrow, and then the start of a 20 game in, I think, 22 days. Uh, basically, a 20 game stretch where they don't get any days off. So, going to be a rough one coming up for the Nationals. Uh, Friday night against Atlanta Braves. Steven Strasburg versus TBA. Talk to you guys after that game. Another win for the Nats, 7-4 today over the Indians. Day off tomorrow. Everyone enjoy that. I'll talk to you guys Friday night. Go Nats.